The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. If you could learn more about spirituality and how it can work in your favor, would you be intrigued? Of course you would. It's time to get real. This is Get Real Radio with your host, James Robinson. In our show, we'll interview fascinating guests with the intent of bringing you closer to who you really want to be. Get ready for some of the most profound radio on any airwaves today. Now, here is James Robinson. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Get Real Radio with James Robinson. And today we have a very special guest whose name is Shepard Hoodwin, and he is one of the most fascinating people I think I've ever met. First of all, I I want you to know that he has got to be one of the funniest men I've I've ever had the pleasure of having a conversation with. And, However, that's not necessarily why we're here today. He also has one of the, well, one of the biggest, things that he does, one of the most important things that he does is he's a channel. And what I mean by that is that he can go into a, another state, uh, higher consciousness, uh, you know, basically something uh, similar to a trance, and he connects with something that uh, he calls the Michael consciousness. And uh, you know, one of the things that there's a lot of people going around saying that they can talk to higher beings, they can talk to aliens, they can talk to dead people, they can talk to their lost dogs. But one thing that I've found with Shepard is that this consciousness that he plugs into is really helpful. And the things we'll be talking about today are what exactly is that, and and we'll also, uh, because I am a, a glorified guinea pig to start with, uh, he did a reading on me uh, using his Michael consciousness, and it's, it's pretty accurate, I and mean, we're going to go through that so you can see what it is that he does. And because this is not just somebody giving you another point of view. This is somebody that actually can help you understand why your life is the way it is and can give you some higher perspective about that. So having given you that 10-second introduction, Shepard, how are you today? I'm great. How are you? I'm just excited to be here with you. And and one of the things I'd like to do right off the bat is do some... Um, recommendations for people. Sherwood's got two books out, and one of them's called Journey of the Soul, which is, is details his journey to 
who he is today. And it also goes into depth about who exactly or what exactly this consciousness is that he plugs into and how it can benefit your life. So I, I heartily recommend that you go grab a copy of Journey of the Soul. And also he's got another book called Enlightenment for Nitwits. And I, I have to say that I, I have not had so many out loud chuckles uh, at, at reading the book in, in quite a while. And if you're, if you're kind of down in the dumps and you're really struggling, I can only say go read this book and it will cheer you up tremendously. And I've been posting some of his quotes on my Twitter account and it's just, you know, whenever I do that, I just have to giggle. And so it's, if nothing else, that energy, you know, everybody kind of wonders what it is, what is energy, what is you know, healing energy. What is higher consciousness? Well, one of the things that I know for a fact is that when you can connect with this, you have a much lighter uh, experience. You Things are funny. Life is not so serious, and you kind of come away with a calmness that really, really helps when, the, you know, when you're knee-deep in the stuff. And so, you know, I really recommend that. Because that's the two sides of of a shepherd hood one. One one is somebody that just has a a really deep and profound message to bring to people, and the other one is uh, that he has plugged into the funny bone of the divine and has a very unique way of cheering people up. So uh, those two books, having been drug out and put on the coffee table, I you know. Shepard, explain to people what it is that you actually do for them. One of the things I uh, work with is called the Michael Teachings, which is a fascinating body of channeled material that explains how we set up our lifetimes. There were, were a group of seekers in the mid-70s in Oakland, California, one of whom uh, was the main channel. Her name was Sir Chambers. And they started in 1973 to contact an entity that they called Michael, rather arbitrarily, um, who was started giving them this unique information, that stuff that we had never really known before about the soul, about how we set up our lifetimes. And they learned that there were seven different types of souls, uh, server and priest, artisan, sage, warrior, king, and scholar, and that there were various traits called overleaves that we choose for each lifetime that shape the experience of the soul, such as the goal, there are seven goals, seven attitudes, seven modes. Uh, we each have an obstacle that we try to overcome in the life. Uh, each soul is at a particular point in its development, which is called your soul age, and so forth. So all of this new material um, started coming through, and in 1978, they, uh, they turned, had turned the material over to an author named Chelsea Quinn Yarbrough, who turned it into a book called Messages from Michael, and it became a bestseller. So probably a lot of you listening have heard of the teachings, at least peripherally. And since then, quite a number of other uh, Michael channels have uh, popped up and have elaborated on the teachings. So my book, uh, The Journey of Your Soul, 
is uh, about those teachings, but it's also about channeling itself, how it happens, because I find that channeling and psychic work is uh, misunderstood by most people and portrayed inaccurately in the media. So one of the things I do with clients all over the world is I channel their Michael chart, which uh, is what I also did for you, James. Uh, And it's uh, a one sheet of paper with about 20 pieces of information about your soul. And often I explain these to clients to do a written explanation that shows um, how it shapes your life and how you can use this information to be happier. Uh, Many of the traits on the chart have positive and negative poles, meaning that there's nothing on your profile that's good or bad all by itself. But if you manifest that energy in a love-centered way, then it will make you happier. And if you use it in a fear-centered or distorted way, it will contract you and you'll be less happy and you'll have more painful experiences. So it's a very useful tool for getting to know ourselves, but also getting to know other people. Because if you get charts of people in your life, you can see where the rough spots might be and how you fit or why you're attracted to some people and not so much to others. One thing you said really piqued my interest, and that is because one of the reasons I do this radio show is to try to help people sift through the, the the real stuff and understand what is misconception or misunderstanding. And you said that there is a lot of misunderstanding about channeling uh, in the public. You know, what are what are you talking about there? Well, I think people uh, expect, if they know anything about channeling at all, that when uh, a channel uh, hooks into a higher entity, that uh, it will be um, sort of like taking dictation, and it often is not that way. It's actually a very complex uh, process, and sometimes people will go to different channels or psychics and get readings, and the material seems to contradict, or it really does contradict, and it's hard to understand why. Uh, There are many pitfalls that can happen in the process. Uh, It takes a lot of uh, clarity and deliberation for the channel or psychic to get his or her own biases and misconceptions out of the way so that the entity can come through. But then there's also the assumption that the entity itself is perfect and all-knowing, and that's not the case. So you're always getting a consciousness that is evolving. There is no such thing as any being in the universe on any plane of existence that's got all the answers, that knows everything. You're only getting part of the picture. And so it comes down in the end to using these resources in a beneficial way, but knowing that we're responsible, that we need to really make our own choices and and gain our own understanding. Uh, One of the biggest pitfalls in working with uh, higher uh, dimensional beings is people want Uh, them to predict the future for them and save them from all the hassle of making your own decisions. And that's not really a good strategy because no one can really predict the future. Uh, We are all making it up as we go along. There are some things that are planned out ahead on a soul level in a skeletal way, but um, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to make choices that seem right at the time and later. Uh, we look back on, we wish we had made some other choices. Uh, but the good news is that everything we experience, if you're on the spiritual path, in other words, if you're on the path of 
getting to know yourself better and being more authentically yourself, everything that, that happens will be used by the soul. There are no wrong choices, ultimately. There are no bad experiences, ultimately. On the other hand, when we become more conscious, we can make better choices that will cause us to grow more through joy and less through pain. So that is really the benefit of being on a spiritual path, is that as we wake up more, we're blundering in the dark less, and we're able to stay out of trouble more. Got it. Okay. Well, let me... Uh, okay, is you mentioned a consciousness that you refer to as Michael, and... Can you elaborate a little bit about who or what Michael is? Each of us are already part of a spiritual family or group called an entity. When we're on the physical plane, as obviously we all are, we split up, we fragment in order to have individual experiences. And when we're all done with the physical plane, we start recombining into the larger consciousness of our entity. And Michael is the name of an of a entity that is recombined. So they're working more as a team on the causal plane. So obviously we're on the physical plane. When we're in between our lives and sometimes when we're asleep, we're on the astral plane. And then the next plane is called the causal plane. The causal plane is an intellectual plane. It's a, a plane where thoughts are things. And uh, they, have, they work together to do this teaching as part of their growth. And there are many causal plane entities, not just Michael, but uh, they happen to be the one that I have a soul-level agreement to work with. How do you know that you have a soul-level agreement to work with that? Well, um, for one thing, uh, I know because that's what I'm doing, and I wouldn't be doing it if we didn't have an agreement to do it. Certainly, I wouldn't be doing it for 27 years if I didn't have a soul-level agreement to work with them. Uh, also, though, the information that's come through uh, over the decades is that uh, there are some souls who have an agreement with the Michael entity, that they are natural students of the Michael entity. In fact, there are whole soul entities, so whole soul families who have agreements with Michael. And in fact, James, you're also a part of the same uh, larger soul family that I'm part of, uh, what through me Michael calls Cadre Three which is a group of about 7,000 souls. So we're part of the same cadre, and the whole cadre, in fact, has an agreement with Michael. So you are already on a soul level a Michael student. Uh, whether you choose to study the teachings in this lifetime or not is up to you. But on a deeper level, you already know and understand this information. Are, is there anything above Michael on oh, the absolutely. level? Absolutely, yes. So um, you might say that reality is divided into the dimensional and the undimensional. The undimensional or the source is what we call the Tao. Uh, we tend to not use the word God too much because people have anthropomorphized it quite a bit. They have a lot of uh, misconceptions about the source as an old man in the sky who's uh, got a bad temper. And that is not the reality. So Michael refers to the source as the Tao. And the Tao is where we all spring from. So all of us are part creator and part creation. And the creation, the dimensional side of things, is the universe. 
And the universe has seven planes of existence. There are three planes that are lower, not lower in the sense of worse, but simply more uh, concrete, more manifested. And then there are the three abstract planes. And in the middle of the Oreo sandwich, the filling is called the Akashic plane, which is uh, the uh, storehouse of information. That's how the universe grows, is through uh, information about experience being distilled into the Akashic plane. So the three lower planes are physical, astral, and causal. Physical is kinesthetic, astral is emotional, and causal is intellectual. Then the three high planes are mental, which is more abstract thought, which is sort of the mirror image of the causal, which is concrete thought. And then there's the messianic plane, which is emotional, but it's higher emotion, as opposed to the astral, which is concrete emotion. And then there's the Budaic, which is pure energy as opposed to the physical plane, which is concrete energy or, or moving types of experiences. So uh, Michael's on the causal plane, that's the third plane, and there are beings on the abstract planes, who messianic beings and so forth. Um, so they don't claim to have all the answers. They teach what they know, and as I said before, they are growing by teaching us, and we grow by being students. So there's no um, hierarchy. There's no better than or worse than. We're all in this together. We're all learning through having experiences. Well, that's a very, very good summary of a very complicated belief system. Um, one of the things that is, you know, people run into, and I know I do, is when you go to a library and there's all these different books that are supposedly channeled information. How in the world can anybody know what's really channeled information and what's just, uh, you know, whatever the writer seems to think? One of the key aspects to being on a spiritual path is the development of our truth sense. When we're brutally honest with ourselves in our day-to-day life, when we're willing to be honest and genuine in everything that we do, we start to develop a sense of what's true and what isn't true. If we're deluding ourselves, then we're easily deluded by others. And so we start to learn that way what's true and what isn't true. And also, it's a matter of what resonates with us. Something can be objectively true, but it may not be what we need at this time in our development. But if we open to the universe and ask to receive what we need, what will help us on our path, then we will be guided to it. I've heard from several readers of my books that they would be walking through a bookstore and one of them would literally fall off the shelf and a couple of cases hit them on the head or fall at their feet or something. And uh, so if you need it, Shepard, if you have... Forgive me for interrupting, but I will. Uh, we'll, get, we'll pick that up when we come back. We actually stop and let our sponsors have a few words from time to time. So, And I also want to let people know when we come back, we'll actually be giving away one of these books. So stay tuned.
stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Conservation starts with us. Learn about environmental concerns each week when you tune in to Our Wild World with host Ellie Weiss. Our show centers on Africa each week and what's being done to save our wildlife, ecology, and ourselves. However, we'll also discuss what's going on closer to home. And most importantly, we'll let you know what can be done in our own backyards by featuring guest experts and featuring your questions and answers. Listen every Monday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Do the adventures of Indiana Jones leave you curious about this exotic and unusual profession? If so, don't miss Indiana Jones, Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology with Dr. Joseph Schuldenrein. You'll learn about forensics, ancient civilizations, and human origins. Listen to Dr. Schuldenrein and colleagues discuss their excavations and related archaeological topics, ranging from the unique to the sublime, and yes, even the mundane. Indiana Jones, Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology, live Wednesday, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific Time, on Voice America Variety. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Get Real Radio with James Robinson. We'd love to hear from you. Please call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to mr.jamesmedia at gmail.com. That's mr.jamesmedia at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Hello, everyone. James Robinson here with Get Real Radio. And our guest today is uh, Shepard Hoodwin, who is a very, very smart fellow. And he is explaining to us about the Michael teachings, and one of the things that he and I were talking about on the break is that uh, is that Michael has given him some, uh, an, a system, I guess would be the best word, to help people understand uh, who they are, what they're doing here, and why stuff happens to them. And uh, Sherwin, can you explain how you came to know this system? Well, um, I mentioned earlier that I had a soul-level agreement to do this, and when the time came, the universe tapped me on the shoulder about three times within a six-week period. Uh, A friend of mine actually spontaneously started channeling Michael for me, and then uh, I met uh, another friend's new girlfriend who uh, knew about the Michael material and started telling me about it. And then um, another friend of mine told me about the book Messages for Michael and just how astounding it was to her. 
And I thought, well, this is really interesting. I'd like to find a Michael channel. And uh, I was at work one day in New York City and thought, you know, I'm going to write down my questions so that when I find a Michael channel, I can, um, you know, I'll be, I'll be ready. I'll be organized. And my pencil kept moving and I started getting answers. So I thought, oh, okay. <laughs> so that's how I started channeling Michael. Okay, well, we actually have a caller, and uh, we'd like to uh, b bring her in on the call. And Victoria, are you there? I am. Hello. You have Hello. a question. You have a question for Shepard. Yes. Um, well, I think it would be helpful um, to explain a little bit about um, how understanding the different facets of uh, the elements that go into deciding um, the elements of a lifetime and, and what the benefits of understanding them are at a practical level. Do you understand my question? Yeah, it's, it, this is such useful material. Uh, Michael has a saying that all is choice which means that you've chosen everything about who you are. You chose your parents before coming in. You chose everything on your Michael chart. You chose your astrology and so forth because you have interests. You have things that you want to learn about. So you might think of the physical plane as a university. And the curriculum is self-directed. So there are certain required courses that everybody takes, but there are a lot of electives. So we choose what we're interested in exploring. And then when we know what we want to do in a particular lifetime, then we choose the overleaves and the life situations that will give us those experiences. And so, for example, James, you have a goal of flow in this lifetime. In another lifetime, you may choose one of the other seven goals. But the goal of flow means that what you most want to learn in this lifetime is how to flow. You're learning how to let things come to you. Even though in general as a soul, you are a very focused soul because you have quite high male energy. You tend to like to work toward goals. And you do have something that we call warrior casting on your chart, which means that you manifest your soul in a, a productive way. You like to get things done. You're a doer. But in this particular lifetime, the lesson is, okay, I need to take my hand off the controls and let things come to me. And so you've structured a lifetime in which uh, if you do that, if you let yourself be suspended in love and let things come to you, your life works very well. And when you try to control things too much, they get fouled up. Have you, have you found that to be the case? I think the song is D-I-V-O-R-C-E. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that was one of the, uh, you know, the, the, is that what you're talking about when you say there's some required courses and there's some elective courses that we come here to experience and it's like, um, you know, Ending relationships is a required course for some people, especially me. <clears throat> yes, well, we, we will specialize in things, and there are some experiences that every soul will have 
in the course of a lifetime, certainly ending relationships, dealing with grief. There's also something called monads that uh, every soul is doing, and these are intensive experiences. For example, the most common one is called the teacher-student monad. And so uh, at least in one lifetime, you will have an experience where you're studying how to be a teacher, and you will have a student, and you will work throughout much of that lifetime in your uh, role as teacher. But in another lifetime with that same soul, you will be the student, and they will be the teacher. So you will learn both sides of it with the same soul. That The fact that it's the same soul makes it a sort of a control, like in a scientific control test. So you keep many of the factors the same, but you swap positions. And so you learn a lot about being a teacher and a student. Virtually every soul on the physical plane will be gay in at least one lifetime. Uh, virtually everyone will be a persecuted minority, and probably most of us will also be a persecutor. So we'll learn both sides of that experience. But yes, in this lifetime, you've chosen to work on flow. I have a goal called acceptance, where my lessons are around things that I cannot change and that I need to make peace with them. The most common goal is called growth, and people with a goal of growth have a lot of experiences that are difficult, but if they work really hard, they can overcome them. So the advice that you might give to someone with a goal of growth to you know, work hard and overcome is not the same advice that you would want to give to someone with a goal of flow because for you with the goal of flow, most of the time working hard to overcome things is not going to work. What will work for you is letting go. Overcome things is not going to work. What will work for you is... So, well, let's just go... Well, I'm... Before we get into the chart itself, I wanted to ask you, it sounds like a lot of the foundation of your work is the belief that our souls are eternal, immortal, and we keep reincarnating as different people as we go along. Would that be accurate? Absolutely. It, it's really a foundation of the Michael teachings. And if you don't believe in that, you can still get something out of your Michael chart as a sort of personality profile to help you understand yourself. But it will be much richer for you if you can see it in the context of many lifetimes. Great. So the people who are listening that, not, that may not necessarily believe in reincarnation can still get something out of your readings. Is that Yes. Okay. Well, let's go to the chart itself. And when he says chart, this is basically a form as I'm looking at it. And he sent me the chart that he did for me. And it's kind of like a checklist of their different categories that he looks at. And then each category has a line like on a spreadsheet, and it has a tag that has a certain meaning, such as, and, and these words, uh, you know, for people who may or may not understand them, don't worry about that, because it's really not necessary that you uh, know any of these vocabulary words, but because Sherwin will explain, I mean, Shepard will explain everything to you when he 
talks to you about your chart. There's if not readers a chart. Want, if readers want to see a chart, they can go to my website, summerjoy.com, and on the left, there's a list of links, and in the second section, it says sample chart and explanation, and they'll be able to see one. Excellent. Okay. And so if everybody on near a computer, go do that, because that will help you understand what we're going to be talking about. But basically, this is kind of a Excel spreadsheet that he does. It's not a chart in the sense of an astrological chart or a you know it's a pie chart or anything like that. It, it really is. It looks very academic, in fact. But it's, uh, you know, he will tell you which category that you fall in. Now, as, as we've been talking, I, I would you know, be safe to say that Michael tells you which category you're, whoever you're working on is. Is that correct? Yes, right. Um, I, I am not responsible for the material except for the fact that it comes through me. Uh, Michael dictates the chart information. Okay, well, how would... I mean, I'm going to ask a, a kind of an oversimplistic question, but how does Michael know what category we fall in? There are two ways that Michael channels get the information. The Michael um, members, members of the Michael group that I work with, access your chart information from the Akashic records. And so they tune into you. I usually ask for a photograph of the person or I want to hear their voice, maybe get their birth information. Uh, so Michael can, through me, tune in to the person whose chart is being requested. And then they go into the Akashic records uh, because this is eternal information about you. This is not transient information. And they dictate it. And I simply uh, go through the different categories uh, in the database and take dictation. Now, some Michael channels access it through reading your aura. Because let's say if you're a sage soul, your aura looks a particular way, and they can usually determine it that way also. But I don't work that way. Okay. Well, it's like when you say that it's an eternal record, uh, am I doomed to be a certain category for all my lifetimes? You'll notice the chart has two sections. The first chart is essence, which could be considered to be a synonym for your soul. And everything in the top half of the chart will stay the same through all of your earth lifetimes. The bottom half, the overleaves, are traits that are in this particular combination for this lifetime only. But I would not use the word doomed because you're a pre-soul and you can experience everything that the physical plane has to offer as a priest just as surely as you could if you were a king or a scholar, a warrior, or a sage, an artisan, or a server. So uh, it's not a limitation. It's just the way that you are doing this planet. When you are all done with Earth, not only the physical plane, but all the higher planes of Earth, and you reunite with the Tao, and you decide to do another planet somewhere else, everything will be different. So if you're a priest on this planet, you might choose to be a king on another planet or a server. But yes, for this planet, you will always be a priest in every lifetime. Okay, well, let's kind of, everybody's had the opportunity at least to go online and, and check out a sample chart. 
But the very first line that is on the chart under essence is roll. And, uh, you know, could you explain that a little bit and what it means to be, you know, my particular role on this planet is to be a priest, which is Mm -hmm. fairly ironic. But it's, um, (laughs) I can't say that I've drifted that way this lifetime, but it's, uh, if you could elaborate a little bit on what it, you know, what these roles are and what it means to be a server, a priest, artisan, sage, warrior, king, and scholar. Uh, the role is not so much your life role. So uh, priest souls are not necessarily members of religious orders in every lifetime. They, are, they tend to be attracted to those kinds of experiences more often than the other soul types. But the, the core of being a priest soul means that you are hardwired on a soul level to seek the higher good. So you have two inputs. Two inputs means that you have two psychic receivers built into you as a soul. So this uh, suggests that different souls are wired in different ways. So we're not all the same. We're not like drops of water blended into the ocean. There's not a sameness. Souls are unique just as surely as people are unique. And pre-souls are wired so that one part of them is tuning into the outer world. We all have an input that does that. But you have another input that is tuned in to your vision of the higher good. You are always looking at how things can progress in a spiritual way. Now, you won't necessarily call it a spiritual way. You might have a lifetime in which you're very involved in politics. But you're still always looking for the higher good and how that can be blended into uh, the concrete world that you're living in. So pre-souls typically have careers as uh, doctors or nurses, for example, because healing is uh, a main part of being priests. Priests are always wanting to help people fulfill their life purpose, and so healing them is obviously connected into that. You also have uh, a lot of priests who are counselors, therapists, massage therapists, doing all that sort of thing. Now, the business world is the world of the warrior, and you're not a warrior, but you do have something called warrior casting. That's the third line of your chart. And so uh, that's kind of an opposite quality. Warriors are the opposite of priests because warriors are the most down-to-earth, the most... um, Uh, earthy of the roles and priests are the most high frequency of the roles and you combine those two qualities so you're not going to look as stereotypical a priest because you've got those opposite dynamics going on in your chart but the way that this shows up in your life is that you're a priest who wants to bring inspiration into the concrete world you want to make it practical because the world of the warrior is the practical world, and because you're cast in a warrior quality, you want to bring inspiration down into the nitty-gritty. And that's clearly what you do. Uh, Everything that you are teaching on this radio show is about how can you use spiritual information in a practical way. And that's uh, just perfectly embodied on your chart. Well, let's take a deep breath and let our sponsors have a word, and we will be right back. 
stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Each week, Jimmy Gould brings you the stories and the people that you want to hear about. Tune in to A Current Life to hear about the journey to success, how our guests became the people they are today, and the highs and lows they experienced along the way. Each hour will leave you inspired and entertained as Jimmy gets up close and personal with every week's guest and shares ideas you can identify with and apply to your own life. A Current Life with Jimmy Gould airs Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Ready to chat about your favorite soap operas? The daytime discussion is here with Dan J. Kroll and Soap Central Live. For the past 15 years, Dan has been dishing and discussing on SoapCentral.com. And now he's taking the talk to the airwaves of the Voice America Variety Channel. You'll go behind the scenes with the biggest stars of daytime, along with guest commentary from the Soap Central columnists. And we'll take your questions and comments during our live show. Soap Central Live, every Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Tune in to Patricia Raskin Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call in to Patricia Raskin Positive Living Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. It's practical, positive solutions for a happy, empowered, and successful life streaming live the leader in internet talk radio voiceamerica.com you are listening to get real radio with james robinson we'd love to hear from you please call in to 1-866-472-5788 that's toll-free, 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to mr.jamesmedia at gmail.com. That's mr.jamesmedia at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Okay, welcome back, everybody. This is Get Real Radio with James Robinson, and my guest is Shepard Hoodwin, who is a very, very, very intellectual channel and we've been sitting here he does a service for people that is really helpful and what he does is he uh, goes into a channel mode and gets a lot of information which he fills out on a chart and then he shares that chart with the uh, client such as myself and we've been talking about basically what my chart reveals and what he has said so far is just absolutely spot on. And I was joking with him before that, uh, you know, the priest role certainly seems to be, uh, active in my life because I was, I was just teasing him that, you know, that certainly explains why everybody wants to come and tell me their life story. So, but if, if you would, uh, Shepard, just kind of give us a general walk through the rest of the chart so people can understand the kind of information they can get when they come get a reading from Sure, yes. So um, one item on the chart is called your male-female energy ratio. And this is not really about 
what we usually think of as masculinity or femininity. It's only a piece of that, which is how goal-oriented you are. The masculine is linear. So the masculine moves toward a goal. And the feminine is radiant. So it, it is more holistic. And so on a soul level, you have three times as much male energy as female energy of 73% male, 27% female. You will be attracted to partners who have roughly the opposite of this. And so in your case in this lifetime, women with 27% male energy and 73% uh, female energy. So that will be a magnetic thing for you, but it also tells us that you've probably been male in a lot more lifetimes than female. And uh, th- that is not the case for every man. There are men here that haven't been male very often. So that's a useful thing to know if you get a chart, for example, of, of a woman that you're dating. Uh, you might see that there is that opposite ratio. Or if there isn't, you'll know that it's a different kind of dynamic in the relationship. Now we talked about the uh, goal there's also something called attitude. And the attitude is how you look at the world. And, of course, there's seven of these. There are pragmatists who look at things in a neutral way. There are realists who look at things in a factual way. There are cynics who look at what isn't. They kick the tires. There are are idealists who look at things in terms of how they could be made better. There are skeptics who look at things in terms of doubt and then they question everything intellectually. There are stoics who look at things saying, you know, what's out there is not very important. It's what's in here that matters. And you are a spiritualist. You look at things in terms of what could be. So you are a visionary person. You are someone who sees possibility in everything. And perhaps that has manifested in your business pursuits, that you have tried to do new things that people haven't thought about doing before. That's completely true. Now, the mode is how you run your energy. Uh, The most common mode is called observation mode, and that's where you run your energy in a neutral way. And these are people who look detached. People in aggression mode run a lot of energy in an active way, so they tend to juggle a lot of balls and they tend to be thought of as dynamic in the positive pole. The negative pole, they can be belligerent. People in perseverance mode tend to focus on one thing like a dog with a bone until it's done. People in reserve mode tend to run their energy in a restrained way that could be graceful or elegant in the positive pole or could be uptight in the negative pole. Passion mode people tend to let it all hang out. Caution mode people move with deliberation. They're trying to slow things down so that they can make better intellectual choices. And you are in power mode. You exude power more than you realize. The positive pull of power mode is authority. That means that when you speak, people listen. You come on strong in everything that you do, and so people think that you know what you're talking about. The negative pole is oppression. And in oppression, what happens is if you're in a bad mood, you cannot hide it because your energy exudes from you at all times. So you come on strong, which is good um, for the things that you have chosen to do in this lifetime. The centering is uh, very useful because it tells us 
what our center of gravity is or how we tend to react to things. So when something happens and you're going to react to that, there are three basic ways that might happen. You might react emotionally, you might react intellectually, or you might react through your body. And in the body, there are two different centers. There's the small scale, like where you get tingles, for example, in your body, and the large scale is where you move the whole body. So you are emotionally centered. That means that you are uh, living life uh, this lifetime through your emotions. And that's probably a little foreign to you as a soul because you have high male energy, you are in a male body in this lifetime, and males usually don't um, develop their emotions as much as females do in this society. But you have chosen that, so that is what you wanted to work on in this lifetime. So when something happens, you have an emotion about it. That's the first thing that's going to happen. In a split second, it triggers an emotion. Your secondary centering, or what we call the part of the center, is moving. So you tend to act on your emotions. This is a valuable centering for someone who is, for example, an artist. Let's say you were a dancer, and you wanted to be able to move based on your emotions. It's a perfect setup for that. The negative side of this is impulsiveness. So I would say that uh, you tend to make impulsive choices without thinking them through. Sure, that's a lot of fun. <laughs> well, it might be a new experience in this lifetime compared to other lifetimes. Well, ladies, all you, men, all you ladies out there that are looking for a man with emotions, there you go. Uh, you got it, yes. Okay, now the, the next one is uh, the bad news, chief obstacle. Well, we all have an obstacle, at least one. And in fact, there are seven of these, but we all do all seven of them at times. But the one that you most want to work on at this time, in this lifetime, is called arrogance. And arrogance does not necessarily look like stereotypical arrogance. It's defined as a fear of being judged by others and being found wanting by them. And the way that this tends to manifest in older souls is you tend to be very hard on yourself. The idea being that if I can catch all my mistakes before anyone else does and correct them, then no one else will get a chance to attack me. So you tend to be very self-critical. It also tends to manifest as putting up a lot of walls to other people. You don't let other people in until you feel very safe because vulnerability is scary for you. I would have to admit that's true. But, you know, with that D-I-V-O-R-C-E word, it just kind of comes with the territory. <laughs> um, the next one is body type. And what is that? Yeah. Well, your body itself has a personality, and it's partly hereditary, but the soul takes hold of the genetic raw material and can shape it to have more one body type and less of another. And in fact, even identical twins do not always have identical body type influences. So this also shapes a lot of what's going to happen to you in this lifetime. Your predominant body type is Saturnian. Saturnian is the most masculine of the body types. 
Uh, it tends to have a high forehead, strong jaw. The bones are prominent in the Saturn. It tends to be a strong body, but the problems that the Saturnian often has is one of bones and joints, so back pain, uh, aches, stiffness, and so forth. The negative pole is gaunt. The positive pole is rugged. It's uh, Again, it's a masculine-looking body. Saturnian is most attracted to lunar. Lunar is its opposite. So a lunar woman is um, very soft, um, not as shaped as, say, the Venusian, which might be more uh, more round, um, a pale, uh, very receptive. It tends to be a quieter type of, of body type. I have a lunar body type, but I'm a sage, so I'm not that quiet. But for a sage, uh, I tend to be quiet. Sage souls are communicators. Now, your secondary body type is mercurial, and mercurial adds to the Saturn uh, more flexibility. Uh, mercurials are agile. They're good at uh, things like yoga and so forth, whereas the Saturn on its own tends to not be very flexible. So this gives you some flexibility. Both body types are active. That means that these are bodies that want to move. And so with a Saturnian mercurial body, you really need to move or you get very nervous. You get high strung. Uh, exercise is particularly important for this combination. It's 100% active and you will be attracted to partners who have uh, passive bodies, like the lunar and the opposite of the mercurial is jovial. So a lunar body type or a jovial body type or a combination of those two will give you the most body type attraction, which is a handy thing to have sexually, but it's also just something that's really nice to have in friendships because your energies uh, are opposite and they complement. I have an overwhelming urge to go run. Um, okay, we got last. The last line is soul age, and what difference does that make? In your first lifetime on a planet, you are an infant soul, and you will have at least seven lifetimes as an infant soul. You might have far more than that. And that's when you're getting used to the planet, and your lessons are just about how to survive on that planet. Then you move into the baby soul cycle where you're learning how to work within society. And so, for example, in our current society, uh, fundamentalists of any religion tend to be baby souls because uh, they're just starting out, really, and they're looking at things in pretty black and white terms. The and, and also, I might have to speed this up, Shepard, because we're running out of time, but uh, what does it mean to be an old soul? Old souls are in their last cycle on the physical plane, and old souls are uh, being more philosophical about life. The perspective of the old soul is uh, more cosmic. It's uh, detaching from the physical plane. Uh, although not entirely, we're still having physical plane lessons as an old soul. But the old soul is trying to look at not just you and me, but you and me within a, a, a universal context. So the old soul is always looking at how do we fit together, how can we make this work? There's an interest in ecology, an interest in um, spirituality, and so forth. And you're at the fourth level of the old soul cycle, so you're smack dab in the middle out of seven. And so you are the quintessential old soul. 
Old souls tend to be more casual than the other soul ages, so old souls don't tend to care what wine pairs with what meat, uh, but just what what he likes. Okay. Well, unfortunately, we've run out of time. If people are interested in getting a reading, please go to www.summerjoy.com, and it will have a lot more information. I know there's been a lot of information shared uh, about me, but that's okay. And the wonderful thing about it is, is that, again, as I've said, Shepard's got a great sense of humor. His comment about old soul is that I'm an old soul, but things are starting to sag. So, <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much, Shepard, and uh, thank you. You've got a, you've got a, you're doing a lot of good things uh, with these with these readings. So, thank you very much, and uh, bye, everybody. We'll see you next week. Thank you again for tuning in to Get Real Radio with James Robinson. Please join us again next Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. This week, open up your heart and look inside your spiritual self.